Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Hey, Ed, Zach here, uh, calling about um, the whole episode 100 discussion. Very exciting. Um, I'm thinking, so we talked about musical episode, and I am very down for that. Uh, That's just the silliest possible thing um, for an episode 100. So, yeah, totally down for that. Um, Working on... A list of songs um, to turn to like cover, but like change the lyrics to Keyforge lyrics, right? I've got a few ideas, um, but one that's been bouncing around. I heard it, uh, heard it on a, somebody's stream actually. Uh, one of the ones that's been bouncing around is taking you know, Mac the Knife, uh, but making it uh, about Ronnie wrist clocks, uh, which is kind of funny because Ronnie's a bit more of an iconic card, but Mac the Knife. You know, is both the song we're going to parody and an actual Keyforge card, but we just, you know, won't mention that. Um, but I'm pretty excited for that, so I'm going to get that going uh, pretty pretty soon, I think. Yeah, I'll, uh, uh, all right, I will catch up with you later. Oh, the thief, babe, has such amber deer, and he stacks it glistening yellow. Just some burst hate for your dick, babe. And he certainly can recur. You know when that Ronnie bites with his steel, babe. Several keys start to forge. Fancy clocks, oh, sells them Rolex, babe. And there's never, never an enemy key Behind the bad line On a crucible morning Lies a big pile of amber And someone sneaking round the corner Could that someone be Ronnie Wrist Clocks? There's an axiom in my hand, don't you know? And some targets hmm, in the discard. Oh, look at that. Just looking through to jog my memory. 
devil'll get me to Oh, Ronnie, hits again Did you hear about old Justin Lizza? All his amber disappeared After drawing all his good cards And now Nathan forges all his keys Could it be our boys done and done something rash? Oh, man, Jago, hugger, mugger, and the Mac themselves. Oh, the line forms on the board, babe. Now that Ronnie's back in town, I said, Carlo Phantom, ho, ho, oh, bad penny. Look out for Gamgee and Hobnobber. Yes, that line forms on the board, babe. Now that Ronnie's back in what it means to get to episode 100 well it's a big number isn't it it's a big number um i started call of discovery to well firstly because i was absolutely loving keyforge but it was also a time in my life where i really wanted the challenge of building something and maintaining something and proving to myself that i could do that um and the two just seemed like a match made in heaven. I'd finally found this card game that allowed me to indulge in that sort of excitement of discovery that, yeah, it was a real reason why I've always liked card games or at least the idea of competitive card games. And I wanted to do this thing. And, and it, it just made so much sense. Um, so the intention was always to make it to episode 100, but... The actual feeling of making it that far is is, is something kind of quite different. I, I think when you sort of look back and you go, whoa, you know, all, all of that's in place. And, and of course, I realized from, from day one that I couldn't do it alone. Um, but I wanted to do it with the right personal people. Um, and Zach came on as a guest in one of the early episodes. Um, and I mean, it was just a great conversation. And he blew me away, really, because um, just the down-to-earth style and tone, I was like, that's cool of Discovery. I love it. I love it. And I sent Zach this email, and I drafted it like a 100 times. And I was like, um, would you like to come on the podcast and be a regular host? And, and I was like, no, 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 Ed, you're being too forward. You're being too forward. Um, and it was like when you're dating someone and you kind of, you overthink a text message. Um, so I finally sent Zach this email and he replied and, um, Zach is very, very organized and, um, far more organized than myself in many ways. Um, 
So behind the scenes on Call of Discovery, we, we, we spreadsheet everything. I say we, um, Zach does the vast majority of that. Um, but, you know, fortunately at this point, I had um, some documentation that I'd said, uh, you know, this is what Call of Discovery is. These are the parameters. This is how we operate and this is how we organize. And I'm, I'm so glad I did that because I think I'm not sure without it, I, I'm not sure without it, it would have sort of piqued Zach's interest, but it did. It did, and um, we all know that that marriage um, has been been a very, very happy one. Um, the the most crazy thing isn't actually reaching episode one hundred. It is the community. It is you. It is the listeners that have tuned in week in, week out to hear Zach and I speak, um, which I'm blushing as I say that because I, I it still doesn't quite sink in that anyone would want to really listen to me rabbit on about something. Um, so why did we make it to episode 100? It's not because of us. It's because of you. Travelers near and far hear this wondrous tale of a land called the Crucible where teamwork prevails. Adventures to be had, battles to be fought, and the only limitations are ones that we Stories of the gods, mighty as they're tall Bigger than archons whose greatness they hail Shadows brobnardis, creatures great and small And together they carve out the future they sought Join the call of discovery, a podcast of plenty A podcast of plenty, oh Join the call of discovery of Keep Forging Family. Swindle shadows tall, fight the giant's horde, hack inventions of Logos, challenge Sanctum Sword. Rally Saurian nerve against demons of dis and banish their kind to where they won't be missed. Travelers near and far hear my wondrous tale of a land called the Crucible where teamwork prevails, adventures to be had. Battles to be fought And the only limitations are Ones that we brought Join the call of discovery A podcast of plenty A podcast of plenty Oh Join the call of discovery A podcast of plenty Come join the adventure Join the call of discovery A podcast of plenty Come join the adventure Join the call of discovery The Keep Forging Family Just got done with a run, so really this is Sweaty Zach, the 
truest sense, quite literally, walking down the neighborhood, cooling off. Um, my first, well, my first deck, I, I got two decks at once. Um, and those were Bishop of Giant Way Kingdom and the Concrete Mother Chef of Freekeep. Bishop of Giant Way Kingdom, uh, Brabnar, Mars, and Untamed. It was very called the Archons. Looking at it in context of all the other sets now. Uh, key Abduction, Choda, Hunting Witch, Three Regrowths, uh, Witch of the Eye, Two Hunting Witches, I think. Um, lots of really funny tricks. And that was the deck that I learned um, after coming back to it, after I'd been playing Keyforge for about a year or two. I learned that, that like, I was still growing in skill as a Keyforge player, and I had not even been playing Bishop of Giant Way Kingdom as well as I could, as well as I could be, right? Like, I wasn't good enough to actually even explore all the possibilities the deck had. Um, so that was brilliant to discover with that deck. Uh, Bishop definitely punches above its weight. Uh, it's a middling to good deck, but uh, with with skill and a matchup and good draws, it can do some fun and impressive things. Concrete Mother Chef of Freekeep, uh, <laughs> not so much, not so much, unfortunately, Mars, Sanctum, and Logos. Um, uh, but a deck close to my heart. I got both of them when, uh, well, uh, anybody, if you're on Twitter and you look at, you search the word Keyforge, you'll see me a bit. I like to talk about Keyforge on there. And I was doing that before the game released. Uh, and FFG had a pretty awesome social team at that point. And uh, they, as a thank you for just all of my positive vibes on Twitter, uh, they sent me two decks. And I actually sent them to my fiance. We were long distance at the time. So she brought them up when she visited me and surprised me with them. I'll have to post that video to Twitter again at some point. But yeah, first two decks, Bishop of Giant Weight Kingdom, Concrete Mother Chef for Free Keep. Man, always going always gonna to have a special place in my heart for those two. My first deck. Yeah, um, so I'd kind of been playing a bit of card games on and off for years, but nothing had really struck me or or captured my interest. I think it would have been different. I know it would have been different if I'd actually got interested in Netrunner. I definitely would have played that and I would have, it would have been my game. Um, but in, in inverted commas, of course. But um, Keyforge, yeah, I'd been hearing about it from Team Covenant. Um, I played a lot of Arkham, so I was certainly following Team Covenant. And um, I thought, well, Let's grab a couple of decks because they're only a tenner and, and see how it goes. Um, and I opened them. I was just kind of struck by the colour um, of them. Yeah, compared to games like Magic where it takes itself very seriously, Keyforge was the absolute antithesis of this in a way. It was bright, it was colourful, it was almost gaudy and garish in some ways, but like with a knowing wink. Um, and yeah, first I was kind of taken aback by this, but I thought I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to play these, play, play these two decks against one another with my partner and, and see how it goes. And the, the first deck I opened was called Ratha Rock Duke, which I, I still think to this day is a, a fantastic name considering it was a, um, an algorithmically generated title. I think I would have felt very differently if I'd got one of the um, dodgy algorithm uh, titles as a first deck. I, I might have sort of grimaced and gone, well, you know, that, that took an unexpected turn. Um, 
but it had Brobnar, Sanctum, and Untamed in it. So it had some really different styles of play. Brobnar, of course, being lightning fast. Sanctum being let's build a board. Uh, and Untamed with a kind of sprinkle of chaos. Um, but for me, I love the flavour. I love the art style of these things. And Untamed really took me. I was thinking, wow, you know, the art on some of these cards is insane. Why is, uh, yeah, there a character that looks like Father Christmas in this deck? Um, and yeah, Dust Pixie was, was just great fun. It was, yeah, a bit, bit of untamed rush there. Um, but the thing that really caught me was playing it. There were two grey monks in this deck. So the whole plan of this deck was get the grey monks down and, um, yeah, give your whole line sort of plus one, plus two, plus three. Keep those creatures on board, control the board. Um, And it felt so good. I felt like it was my deck. Yes, Grey Monk is uncommon, but I had two uncommons of the same sort in a deck. And it allowed me to do something that... Yeah, frankly, I, I thought at the time anyway, a lot of other decks wouldn't be able to do. Um, and at that point, my mind sort of bungled with all of these different things the, the game could do. Um, and all of these different deck possibilities you could have. Um, and that spark for the kind of card game I'd always wanted to exist, but I'd never quite played, was ignited um and the rest is really history uh yes are we recording fantastic let's get this going shall we not all day I am the very model of a modern Keyforge podcast host. I have information on which I have written show notes. I know the Voltor winners and I quote the pause historical from BDQ to Time Shapers and Order Categorical. I'm very well acquainted too with rulings and the timing chart. I understand tech for destruction, damage, and the fine art of substitution effects and repeating the preceding text. With many informed guesses on what the Lorata is. With many informed guesses on what the Lorata is. With many informed guesses on what the Lorata is. I'm very good at interviews and posing the right questions. I know the first names of all our guests and then some in shortened matches on which I have written show notes. I am the very model of a modern keyboard podcast host. Shortened matches on which he has Another tournament history are triples and Aldarlies, a pilot, the bubblegums, and a sweet rocketezzi. I dominate adaptive with keepers, a strong chin, but Archon Solo, as you know, my winning record's a little thin. But I can tell the balance sheet from Russo and the DA Nash. I call Chalker's insatiable abomination. I recall the plot of Keyforge Fiction officially wrote. And sing the praises of Squire Duma at the gate of home. And sing the praises of Squire Duma at the gate of home. And sing the praises of Squire Duma at the gate of home. And sing the praises of Squire Duma at the gate of home. Then I can read a deck list as long as it's in English and tell you every detail of amazing scuzzy plush and sorted matches on which I have written show notes. I am the very model of a modern Keyforge podcast host. And sorted matches on which she has written show notes. She's the very model of a modern Keyforge podcast host. 
In fact, when I know what is meant by steel and by capture, when I can tell the difference between a knob and the dusk witch, when such affairs as tactics and winning I'm more wary at, and when I know precisely what is meant by plague rat, when I have learnt what progress has been made in blogs of strategy, when I know more of tactics than a newbie in the beginner queue, and short when I have a smattering of the taste of discovery. You'll say the wild wormhole was a better pot in every way. You'll say the wild wormhole was a better pot in every way. You'll say the wild wormhole was a better pot in every way. You'll say the wild wormhole was a better pot in every way. For my card game tactics, though I'm friendly and not to bore, will only ever win me a less than thrilling game of war. But still, in matters on which I have written show notes, I am the very model of a modern keyboard podcast host. In short, in matters on which he has written show notes, he is the very model of a modern keyboard podcast host. What does Keyforge mean to me? Well, I've always had an interest in card games. And for me, it's always been about the discovery. It has been about the excitement, the adventure. This will surprise absolutely no one. Just that feeling of opening a new pack of cards. You've got no idea what's in there. You don't know what the contents of this new set or whatever it might be is. And then just it dawning on you with the art and the just explosion of flavor that comes with it. And you see these new things and you think, well, what could this possibly do? What are these new mechanics? And then you sit down and you play them and you find out through playing, through um, experiencing this kind of shared excitement of discovery. But what I found in practice with a lot of other card games, particularly the more competitive ones, was with net decking and just the level of competition as it was, other people, they'd already discovered everything, yeah, and they'd maybe bought lots of things, and it made it quite difficult to compete with just that level of sort of tabletop gaming excitement. So maybe I'm I'm just a kitchen table gamer. Um, but for me, the thing about Keyforge was the the beauty of it was very much in its imperfection. Um, it wasn't really in finding the optimal plays. It wasn't really in buying the most powerful deck. In fact, yeah, there was a lot of discussion around what is the most powerful deck? Um, how can we measure this? And for me, that was just perfect because... If no one can agree what the most powerful deck is, you've probably got a very healthy game on your hands. Um, and if no one can buy their way to the top, or at least in a direct fashion, then it means that you can play in this huge jungle, to use the Richard Garfield term, of discovery. Um, so what Keyforge mean to me was just pure excitement of discovery from the first deck you open right to the 200th deck you open of a given set. Um, I don't think I own 200 decks of any set, but absolutely no judgment to any of our listeners that do. Um, because that's why, that's why, yeah, that's why we started Call of Discovery was for that feeling to kind of capture in a bottle that feeling and share that feeling and encourage that feeling amongst our listeners. And, you know, what Keyforge did to me was allow me to get involved in a community and play this game beyond the kitchen table in a way that I wouldn't have been able to really with other competitive games and do the thing 
that I enjoy doing with the game. So that's what Keyforge means to me. And I'm very much looking forward to it coming off hiatus and, and dipping my toes into yet another Keyforge set. One of the things I think about a lot is that, you know, there's two statements that can be true at the same time that are kind of, kind of contradictory when you just look at them, when you glance at them right. So, like, everybody is special, which I believe is true. Nobody is special, which I also believe is true, right? But it means uh, it's, it's oversimplified because they technically actually mean different things, well, and they can both be true. Um, that's a really weird place to start. Uh, a recording where I wanted to talk about why I like Keyforge, um, but <laughs> I think for me, as cheesy it is, is that's the reason I love Keyforge. Like every deck is special. I mean, and I mean, <laughs> no decks are special because they're all just made with like an algorithm. It's all random, but we get to give it meaning, right? When we play the deck, when we have experiences with it. But it's all locked in. You can't change it. And restrictions breed creativity. Another just a principle of games and and other things, other systems. And so when you've got those restrictions, and I open a deck, you know, called the Randy of Bombagam. Well, one, I get to go do some learning and learn what a Randy is, and then I get to go find the Raja of Bombagam. The computer had no meaning, no intent behind that when it made those two decks at two different times, sent them to literally different parts of the world. Um, but we see meaning in it because uh, humans put things with meaning into a computer, so you're going to get meaning out on the other side, and that's special. Yeah, I guess I guess it just is. Keys, you've got to forge keys. Cause you got 
Hey, you're Zach. I've just uploaded the last piece of music for our musical extravaganza. So um, I guess that means we get the fun bit now of actually seeing what on earth people make of this whole thing. And um, I mean, statistically speaking, we're probably going to see a drop of between 70 and 100 percent in listenership. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. On another note, been playing a bit of Keyforge this week. I feel pretty good about this whole Keyforge Ghost Galaxy thing. I think it's it's a marriage that's made to last. Um, so so yeah, pretty excited. And and on that note, let's get those dates in the diary for for recording those episodes that we planned. Um, really looking forward to getting back on the mic with you again. Cheers, mate. <laughs> 